when we talk about trapping turkeys, we know it's the nets. When we talk about trapping coyotes, we know it's the leg holes and that. What? How do you trap hogs? Yeah, these are uh, really interesting traps. I mean, they're a drop trap. That's what we primarily use. We do have some rooter gates, and I can explain those differences too. But primarily, drop traps are what we use. They're about, oh, around 20 feet in diameter. Not exactly, but about 20 feet. We use four panels like you'd use for cow panels you mm-hmm. know that's what we take them we wire them together or we use hose clamps and use a drill and tighten them up and keep them together that way and then what we do is uh raise it up with the winch system we have set the trigger on we're ready to actually trap the pigs that are coming in because there's a process before that that we do too before we set the trap i'll talk about that in a minute once we get that trigger set we got our camera out there camel the boots on out, my uh, feet bow in my hand walking in the early dawn Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while i can load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old Wise Eye Tech presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody across this great nation and the world. Airing in 19 countries, our show is now. And we air on 9 a.m. FM networks across the Midwest, southern Missouri, parts of southern Illinois, parts of Kentucky and Tennessee and northern Arkansas, with a potential reach of 2 million plus listeners. Our subject matter today is feral hogs in the Ozarks. We're going to talk about that in segment two, but right now we're going to talk about current events. Current events here in the Ozarks. What about those St. Louis Cardinals, Redbone? They're they're struggling right now. You know, as the ebb and flow of the baseball season goes, and that, I know we're recording on Wednesday, and they lost four of their last five. But on the road in Atlanta, they might be the best team in the National League Eastern Division. I think they are. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good. Uh, but the Cardinals, I mean, the, it's, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. They're injured. I mean, three of their five starting pitchers are on the injured list. Hopefully they come back. And, you know, you're without your center field, your gold glove center fielder, Harrison Bader, your two-time gold glove left fielder, Tyler O'Neill, <laughs> And, you know, you're filling in, in in right field with just whoever you think might get a hit today. So, yeah, they're struggling a bit, but they're, they're still close to the top of the National League Central, and that's what counts. Right. Do you know if they, uh, do they are they playing the Cleveland Indians anytime soon? Uh, you mean the Cleveland, whatever they call them now? Yeah, well, <laughs> they're always going to be the Indians. I don't play that political correctness stuff. The guard, Cleveland the Indians. Guard, the Guardians. Whatever. The Cle- Guardians. Cleveland Indians. But, uh, you know, if you want to get back on a winning streak, you just play any Cleveland team, whether it's the Browns, the Indians, <laughs> the Cavs. He's from Cleveland. You know, so this is why I'm a Steelers fan, because I know better. <laughs> Kevin, what do you got to say about the Cardinals? 
go Cardinals. They're going to be number one. They're going to win the pennant. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yep. Why do you think they're playing bad ball right now? Just a spell. They're just going through a rough spot. It's baseball. It's, you know, ups and downs, cyclic. Yep. They'll get back on track. They're riding the wave, and right now they're at the bottom of the wave. Yeah, Next week will be back on the top of so the wave. I so frustrated. I go in there at 620 to watch them, and they go up there and they play. I just get upset. I called Redbone last night. I said, Redbone, <laughs> are you watching the game? And he says, no. No. <laughs> I said, are they losing? I said, yeah. It's 5-1 in the first inning. And I sat there, and they got hit after hit. I said, "What? What? what's happening? Because he's, he's an analyzer, you know. And, and they pitched. had a minor league pitcher pitching. I mean, Palante, the kid's got potential, but he's he's still a minor league pitcher. But you got to do what you got to do, and that's all. I mean, that's the best of what they got left in Memphis. That's, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. All you can do. It's not all like you can. you can go out and say, "Hey, Dodgers, you got more starting pitchers than you need. Why don't you let us have a couple of them?" And, you know, it doesn't <laughs> work free. that way. Yeah, for free, <laughs> for free, for free. <laughs> because here's here's the deal: they got Albert Pujols, they got in Wayne Wright. Molina's back in Puerto Rico, and I don't know if he's coming back or not. But they're still filling the stadium every time they play at home. And people need to remember, it is a business. They they say all the politically correct things, and, oh, we want to win for the great St. Louis Cardinal fans. But when they get in the boardroom, it's all about making money. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, that's, you know, the nuts and bolts. And, of course, you make more money the more you win. And when you go to the playoffs, you make more money. You get in the World Series, you know, everybody makes money. So I hear something popping over here. Somebody clicking something. something. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there is incentive to win in Major League Baseball, but it's about making money in the regular season. Well, so. And I know all the business owners, they would love to see them get into the playoffs and get into the, oh, the yeah. uh, World Series and that because the money it would bring into St. Louis is just tremendous. Yeah. Millions and millions right. of extra dollars. Yeah. yeah. You look at what a Super Bowl brings in, it's and that's what they'd be bringing in in the, in the billions, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, hey, let's hope it goes and it can bring that money into the Missouri here. Yeah, I'm a Cardinals fan all the way. Every one of us are. So uh, hopefully, they come out of it. Except so. Wayne, he likes the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland. Oh Guardians. no, I don't. Do not go <laughs> yeah, there. <he> does. <laughs> Guardians. What a stupid name. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, look at the football. Like, Washington football team. That's the best you can come up with is football team. Give me a break. (laughs) Moving on. Hot temps here in the Ozarks, everybody. It was 102 yesterday. I don't know what it was today, but it got terrible. Uh, I'm doing some logging on my property right now. I'm doing, on a program with MDC where they come in and done a TSI with me and we're taking out 40,000 plus feet of red oak. And my cousin Richard Grandstaff's helping me select cut all the marked timber. And let me tell you, it's hot. Linda's been hooking chokers for me, skidding these <laughs> logs. Linda bird, my, my mama bird. And let me tell you, she's a tough woman. Our garden's doing well. We got our first three ripe tomatoes. We're getting ready to pick in even, probably this evening, Redbone. What mm-hmm. do you got ripe? Uh, cucumbers, squash, cherry tomatoes, jalapenos. Of course, uh, everything else uh, just about burned up. My, my, I, I told you last night, I got my tomatoes, my big tomatoes out late. Uh, but they're, you know, they're growing and I got a couple starting to turn white. You know, they go from that white and then they start turning. So I'm uh, probably another couple of weeks away from a ripe tomato. Yeah. Well, we've been picking And by the cucumber- way, temperature today is 100. 100 today. Which does not break a record, hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. The record right. high for this day, and we're talking Wednesday, the the sixth, 
was 104, which we set back in 2012. Yeah. Well, I do know this. I haven't mowed my yard in two weeks. No. <laughs> I, I actually mow. mowed today around the pool, and it's been two weeks, and I only did two it just— weeks. Yeah, yeah. I only did it because it was just tall enough to where it, it tickled your toes when uh, my wife oh. says when she walked across to get back to the, the house. Well, so. I can tell you this. If you hit a rock and, and you get a flint rock and you spark a spark, there's going to be a forest fire. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, that being said, and, and and that's dangerous for you because he just lives across the street. Yeah, across the across street. the street. That's right. <laughs> yeah, across the street. We're always you listen to the show a lot, don't I you, do, Kevin? And you know we're always busting his butt yeah. over the You're street thing. Yeah, we are. But he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is what it is. It's a city boy trying to become a country boy. That's right. He said it. Everybody, he said it. He said it. You know, I, I was born in the country. He Unfortunately, was. raised in the city, so that that kind of corrupted my bloodline a little bit. But <laughs> you know, now I'm back in the country and making sure my boys learn the right way. That's you're right. And you're doing a great job. Yep. You're doing a great, great job, you and Renee. But anyway, we're going to get a break here, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the feral hog problems we have in the Ozarks with the outreach coordinator, Mr. Kevin Crowder, Shannon County native. And wait till you hear his American Roots story. You guys are going to love it. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill, year after year, got my hunting gear. Hornady Ammunition presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, we are in the studio at K-Country 95 with Redbone Mike Christ, Wayne Locke, and our special guest, Mr. Kevin Crowder. Kevin Crowder is the MU University, Missouri University, Outreach Coordinator for the Feral Hog Program. And uh, this guy is a Shannon County native. We're going to talk to him real quick about his roots and what his job entitles and what he does and talk about how we can help get rid of these hogs. We're going to talk about that with Kevin Crowder. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, let's talk about your American roots. Tell us where you was born. Born in West Plains, grew up in Birch Tree. Not too far from you. Yeah. So, Kevin, you and I grew up together in Birch Street, and I think you're, you're a few years behind me, but I was a yeah. pitcher, and I think, what are you? how old are you now? Oh, shoot, 51 now. 51. I'm 58, so yeah. I'm seven years ahead of you. Yeah. But I remember watching you boys, you and Desi play ball, and you're great athletes. You was born in West Plains, born and raised in Birch Street. Yep. Uh, went to school at Birch Street Elementary. Yep. 
You went to high school at Liberty. Sure did. You played baseball. Yeah, football. Did you played football. Yep. Yeah, okay. And you went to college. Where'd you go to college? Yeah, went to Three Rivers, down to Poplar Bluff, then over to Southeast Missouri State and Cape. In Cape Girardeau. Yep. Okay. And what did you play? What positions did you play? Third base and pitcher. Now, I just played at Three Rivers. I didn't play at Cape at Seymour. Okay. And what was your major in college? Criminal Justice Administration. You know, I was going to say, on the way here, I heard you talking to Alex, and you said you played football at Three Rivers, and I got all excited for a no. minute. I was like, oh, wait a minute, you played for the Steelers? No, 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 no. Uh, And then I realized you guys were talking high school. high school. school. <laughs> yeah. 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 College. Yeah. And, and, and Three Rivers Community College, by the way, baseball mecca in yes. junior college. It really is. Yeah. We were eighth, eighth in the country when I was playing over there in the late 80s, early 90s, so it was a good program. Yeah, heck of a team. What uh, did you guys win any titles or anything? Uh, we went to the Midwest Regionals and we lost to Johnson City, Kansas, three to two. Or uh, not, we played in Johnson City. We lost Northeast Oklahoma, JUCO. Was you pitching or was you I playing third not, base? I didn't pitch that game. Didn't play that game. Somebody else was pitching and playing. But uh, if we would have won that game, like NEO did, Northeast Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they went to the College World Series in Grand Junction, Colorado, for JUCO. Wow! So we That's missed cool. it by one game going to the World Series. There you wow. go. Wow! So criminal justice. Where did you go when you left uh, Three Rivers, and where did you move to? And tell us about your family. Yeah, yeah. I ended up uh, getting a job during the summers out at uh, Rocky Mountain National Park as a U.S. park ranger doing law enforcement. And then, of course, I'd come back in the fall and go back to school, and I was an EMT on the ambulance, too, for a while. But uh, family, uh, they all ended up moving to Colorado and followed me. Uh, Brother went out there. He's with the Forest Service, you know, Desi. Mom's out. She's out here now in uh, Farmington, so we're all back. We did a whole career out there and then all came back. So everybody's back here now. So you was a park ranger. Then you went from a park ranger. You you furthered your career even more in law enforcement. Let's talk about that. Yeah, after I left the park service, I had a seasonal supervisor talk me into applying for the state patrol. So I applied for Colorado State Patrol and did that for 26 years. So a total of 28 years, and now I'm done with that. So now I'm doing different stuff. And then I retired in 2020 and moved back to the Ozarks. What made you come back to the Ozarks? Tell the truth. I missed it. I missed the Ozarks. I was in Colorado for a lot of years. Good place. Great state to live in. But I missed being back here and missed the people here that I knew like you and other folks that I know back here and just wanted to get back to my roots. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're the outreach coordinator for Missouri University Extensions. And let's talk about what made you want that job when they ask you about catching feral hogs and explain to us what made you take the job. Well, I'll back up a step. When I got back here in July of 20, I had applied for a position with the Department of Conservation as a feral hog trapper. And being an outdoorsman, being from Shannon County, I thought, what better job? You know, be in the woods every day and be trapping hogs and helping the landscape and the resources out. So I decided to go ahead and do that and did that for uh, almost two years. And then this other opportunity came up with the University of Missouri Extension as an outreach educator. And I thought, you know what? That sounds kind of neat, too. I think I'll apply for that. So I applied and was fortunate enough to be selected. And there, there are three positions right now. There's one over in Ironton. There's one in Ava. And then I'm up in Salem. So we have three positions that are filled. We have a fourth position that's going to be filled hopefully next month. That's going to be Poplar Bluff. So any, any any chance that you would leave the Salem office and go to the Poplar Bluff office and then somebody else fill in Salem? Nope. You like it? Uh, I'm saying right where I'm at. We have a, a place that we really like and uh, it suits what we're doing. So we're going to stay put right where we're at in Dent County. Now I'm thinking out of those four words: feral hog, outreach educator. That the word sticking out for me is outreach. 
Now that's got to be a, that's probably a key word there, right? Yeah, that's uh, great. You pointed that out, uh, Wayne. Outreach is exactly what we're trying to do. We're we're actually wanting to reach out to our community members, the folks that we live and work with, go to church with, and talk to them about how we can help them get rid of feral hogs. And the, we have a Missouri Feral Hog Elimination Partnership, which entails eighteen or so agencies, and. That goes from MDC to the Forest Service to the Pioneer Forest and Lad Foundation. We've got a lot of folks that are involved in that. And our goal is get rid of all these feral hogs so we don't have to deal with them damaging property and having that economic impact on our citizens here in southern Missouri. You're not trying to reduce the number. You're, no. You're looking to eliminate. Eliminate. There's eliminate. no management of them. That's why we don't have population numbers for the, the number of hogs in Missouri. We just want to get rid of every feral hog we come across because that's the end goal. We do not want to have to deal with them repopulating and coming back and damaging more property and spending more money, more tax dollars. We don't want any of that. We want to try to save as many tax dollars as we can for our state and for the federal government and get rid of them. Hopefully they don't come back. That's our goal. This is a multifaceted process. And I know we're just, we just got about a minute and a half here or so. I was going to make this statement and then we can talk about it as we go on because I know it's all part of the process, but they have migrated here for the most part. So, I mean, the multifaceted part is they also have to eliminate them in Arkansas and in Texas and in Louisiana. I mean, this, this is it's more than a state problem. This is a, a nationwide problem and in particular a Midwestern problem. Is that, is that, am I correct in, in that? Well, I can address the details of that in the next segment if we need to, but there's yeah. a lot to that question, Mike, and it's a great point you brought up. A lot of what we're dealing with, though, and I can give you the info as we get further into this, there's a lot of moving parts with these hogs and where they're coming from. So we right. can talk about that more if we have more time. Yeah, and, and I know there are releases and have been escapes and, and all that sure. stuff. That's why I say it's so multifaceted that, yes. that it's a monumental task. Yeah. I mean, it really is a monumental task. Uh, Alex, I, I think you could probably liken uh, what they're trying to do is if we were to discover that deer were somehow detrimental and trying to get rid of every deer in the state of Missouri. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be the, almost the same kind of a, an issue. Uh, but and, and we're not. I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> No, don't let that get out that we're doing that. No, and feral no, no, hogs. <laughs> no, we're talking feral hogs here, but uh, just making a comparison sure. and how difficult of a, a process this is. All right, we need to take a break. We'll be back. More American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends in a minute. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Up a big old hill. Year after year, got my how many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Amped Outdoors presents, welcome back to America Roots Outdoors again in the studio, K-Country 95, Thayer, Missouri, with our special guest, Mr. Kevin Crowder, uh, MU Extensions Outreach Coordinator. And uh, Wayne's got some questions for him. I've got questions. And the whole purpose of this show is to educate people on how serious the feral hog problem really is and how MU and MDC and everyone's helping 
with this problem here in the Ozarks. Wayne, kick her off. Well, when we left off the last segment, we were talking about the migration from other states and that. What states are they coming from? Yeah, let me just kind of back that up a little bit. Uh, instead of saying migration, I would say that I'll start with this. The home range of a South feral hog is about five miles. So if you think about the idea. Hey, hold on a minute. How do you know it's five miles? We have collars. We track them. So USDA has. So you put collars. collars. Yeah. You have put collars on these hogs. Yeah. Now, this is really in depth. I've got two of them out in my truck that uh, Alex saw on our way down here today. So we tracked them, and we established a pattern of behavior for these feral hogs. We know their ranges. A boar can get up a lot of times if it's pushed and pressured, like with dogs or something, it might go 30 or 40 miles. But a sow typically stays within about a five-mile range. So to go back to where these hogs come from, I mean, you think back years and years ago, yeah, people brought hogs in here, and they had hogs for food, and they raised them. And there's some of that that's going to obviously be part of what we're talking about here with how hogs arrived here in the first place. But our data now, what we're finding when we cut the ears off a lot of these pigs that we destroy in our traps and we send it off for analysis, we compare DNA to pigs here and pigs that are being destroyed in Texas or Oklahoma, guess what? A lot of them are coming from Texas and Oklahoma and they're here now. They didn't walk here. So, <laughs> so, so do you know how they're getting here? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I can't factually say how they're getting here, but I can tell you a lot of stuff that's being told to me by other landowners and people that are in the communities in southern Missouri. And, and we were getting a lot of information from folks saying they know folks that are bringing them here and releasing them because they want to hunt them. So that's unfortunately something that we hear a lot of. Now, I can't personally say that I've ever seen that, but I hear a lot of people talking about it. So it. Is this what I've been hearing on the news, why Texas wants to build the wall? No, no way. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, Buddy Legner with uh, Wise Eyes got a question. He says, when you capture these hogs, you, you catch, you caught some and releases them? No, we destroy them. We destroy them. Yeah, if okay. I catch a group in a, in a trap, which is a sounder, a group of, you know, basically three or four more pigs, more than that, it's going to be a sounder. We destroy those. We shoot them with a rifle. And if it's on public land, we disperse them throughout the landscape, staying away from any waterways, drainages, creek bottoms. We don't want to get in the waterways. And if it's on private land, it's up to the landowner what we do with them. If they want me to take them and get rid of them as a trapper when I used to do that job, I'd haul them back to government land somewhere and dump them off on the government. And if they want to take some of the hogs themselves on private property, that's their call. If they want to do that on their own private land and say, Kevin, call me when you got some pigs, okay, I'd call them up after I destroyed them. And that's their decision if they want to consume those pigs on their property. Buddy Legnum with Wise, I said his question was the ones that you collared. Was they neutered? What, what did you do? Was it oh, sows? Yeah, these are just random pigs. It could be a juvenile male, could be an old boar, could be a, a sow. I mean, we, we did different ones. Different ones have been tracked. Good stuff, good stuff. Here's a question for you. Is trapping hogs more productive and attacking the feral hog problem than running dogs, in your perspective? No doubt about it. A trap, and, you're, and you're a houndsman. Yeah. I, I, I coon hunted and ran dogs my whole younger life. You know, when I was in Colorado, I didn't really get a, to do that a whole lot. But when I was here, before I left, I grew up running dogs. Uh, when I was coon hunting, and, and that, that's the thing, is that I know dogs, I know hounds specifically, and the thing is that folks need to understand is that with regard to this issue with how effective is one or the other, I can tell you from being a trapper for MDC, we caught as many as 40, 50 hogs in one trap before. I don't think anybody would challenge me on saying they can kill 40, 50 hogs, chase them around, but Holy cow. Well, you can catch a bunch of hogs with a trap. Yeah, and I... And 
And I know we've had people on the show before that, that dispute that fact, and I won't get into all that because I, I actually think that the, the trapping is the way to go as well uh, because of the dispersal problem when you're shooting them. They disperse and they, and they move on. So you're lucky, you know, and, and I know there are some guys out there that, uh, and one that's probably listening right now, you know, he, he, he claims he kills 10, 12 a night when he goes. But how often does he go? And if you can catch 50 or 60 in a night or even, you know, 30 or 40, you know, you've just taken up four of his hunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of a lot of the perspective on is shooting them better or trapping them better depends on if you like to hunt them or you don't. And I'll respond to that too, Mike. A couple of things I want to point out that is important for people to realize when if I set traps up as a trapper mm-hmm. on private land and the Forest Service borders me, and even if it's private land that borders where I've got traps at. We don't. We're not communicating with other people that are out there potentially hunting them or running dogs or whatever the case right. may be. We gotcha. won't know that, and they won't know that we're out there either potentially. So I'll give you an example of what happened to me. I had two traps set up on a private piece of property up in Dent County, and I had forty hogs come into these two traps, two groups of twenty. Well, the weekend, right before I was going to set the trigger, some guys went in, started hunting with dogs, and they killed one or two boars, scattered the whole group. Yeah, and I you ended caught, up not getting that. I didn't get any of them. Yeah. They ran off. They probably went five miles away, is my guess, three miles away. Who knows how far they went when they got ran. But uh, that, from a trapper's perspective, I'm trying to help a landowner and didn't get it done. Not on that piece anyway. Yeah, and, it, and is part of that the reason that, that there is no hunting of feral hogs allowed on government land i mean yeah and that is part of it because mm-hmm. we're trying to get the elimination aspect honed to a fine mm-hmm. point we want to make sure that we're getting rid of the hogs quicker than later because we're spending taxpayer dollars doing this i mean the farm bill pays for a lot of this stuff through that grant and we've got 48 trappers on the ground that's all they do that's what they're paid to do so we don't want them to waste their time waste those taxpayer dollars we want mm-hmm. to be as efficient as effective as we can be you know and when we come back we're going to go to a break here in a second but when we come back i want to talk about these traps because, you know, for those that aren't familiar with what these traps are like, you know, people may be thinking, well, you got a foot trap like a coyote. I mean, <laughs> how are you doing that? But uh, we're going to go to a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk that. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rulledge and his friends. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind Hey, turkey hunters, this is Alex Rutledge. Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American-owned, American-made, made made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old daddy longbeard gobbler. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com. Eagle Seed presents, welcome back to American Roots Outdoors again, the fourth segment of our show. Again, our subject matter is feral hogs in the Ozarks, and our special guest again is Kevin Crowder, Shannon County native and a houndsman, raises bloodhounds now, coon hunted most of his life, rabbit hunted, uh, been around hounds all of his life, and uh, 
he has the utmost respect for houndsmen. Mm-hmm. And sure uh, we just talk about the difference between hunting the hogs with dogs and thermals and capturing them in cages and the, the pens that you do. Uh, do you guys ever, I have a question, you have a question too. Uh, my question is, you guys use cameras too on these traps. Sure and, do. And I'd like to hook you guys up with WiseEye. Okay. I want to get you guys, MU, have a meeting with the owners of WiseEye to show you why you should use WiseEye. Okay. The pictures will come to you within five to 30 seconds. That way, you know hogs are at your traps. Mm-hmm. Okay. If somebody steals your camera, guess what? They can track it. They know where that camera's at. So we need to have a meeting with that. The next thing is, and then I'm going to let you ask your question, is let's talk about the last two years of trapping here in the Ozarks. So last, since January, okay. how many hogs have been trapped here in the Ozarks in, uh, in your, with your study? Yeah, if you look at numbers from 2021 to 2022, we're running about 15 hogs less than what we killed a year ago to date. Okay, hold on. 15 hogs less. That makes 1500. Are you get 1,500 less. So is that telling me that you guys are not as good? <laughs> good question. What, what is it? I'm going to back that up a little further and okay. give you a reference. Okay. So we started tracking this data in 2010 all the way to present, right? Okay. So every year from 2010 to 2020, those numbers climb, 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 climb to over 12,000 hogs killed in 2020. In 2021, we had a 3,000 hog reduction. We had 9,857 hogs killed in 2021 from 12,000 plus the year before. That, I think, is more important to even point out because we're going up in numbers every year until 2021. Then we had a 3,000 hog reduction. Where did they go? Maybe the, we're not doing our job. But maybe we're killing hogs and we're getting rid of hogs. The other thing I want to point out, too, is we scouted 3 million acres in 2021. That's the most we've ever scouted because we had 48 full-time trappers on the ground. That, I think, is what we have, have to look had, at. Have you had – let me interrupt. I apologize. You bet. Have you had 48 trappers every year? No. That's what I'm trying to say is we did, did you not, have more trappers in the other years? No. This is the most we've ever had on staff. There's 32. And they're catching less hogs. And we're catching less hogs and scouting but more ground. But you're still capturing hogs. We're still capturing some, yes. Yeah. So we have 32 trappers, just so everybody knows, with USDA, and then we have 16 with MDC. So a total of 48. Wow. So that, I, I guess the assumption there then is that the overall population is going down. That's what it appears to be doing. Obviously, we could be wrong, and we maybe we're just right. in a dry spell, but we're hoping that this is indicative that we're making an impact on this feral hog. Yeah, well, population. two years, the number is going down yes. with, with more trappers than ever, yeah. would indicate the population is going down. Exactly. Yep. And when we're talking about traps, to let people know who are not familiar with the program and, and how you are doing these hogs, I mean, when we talk about trapping turkeys, we know it's the nets. When we talk about trapping coyotes, we know it's leg holes and that. What? How do you trap hogs? Yeah, these are uh, really interesting traps. I mean, they're a drop trap. That's what we primarily use. We do have some rooter gates, and I can explain those differences too. But primarily, drop traps are what we use. They're about, oh, around 20 feet in diameter. Not exactly, but about 20 feet. We use four panels like you'd use for cow panels. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we take them. We wire them together. Or we use hose clamps and use a drill and tighten them up and keep them together that way. And then what we do is uh, raise it up with a winch system we have, set the trigger on it, and we're ready to actually trap the pigs that are coming in because there's a process before that that we do, too, before we set the trap. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Once we get that trigger set... We got our camera out there. Some of the cameras, like you had mentioned, Alex, uh, already have the actual. Why is lo- I? Yeah, we have some others that do the same thing. Um, 
they notify the trapper, hey, there's pigs at the trap, there's pigs in the trap. It'll He can look at it right then, just like what we're talking about. They're a different brand, though. And uh, he can go out there right then if he wants to or wait till the morning. Depends on the camera. Not everybody has those cameras because they're a little bit pricey. A lot of us had just the regular cameras. Well, why did I just run a big special, man? They sold a ton of did them during the July 2nd through the 5th. So anyway, the guys set the trap. They hit the trigger. Trap comes down. We come in the next day. We destroy them. Disperse the pigs. That's fantastic. The only thing that would be even better was if we had a remote way to, to, to hit that trigger. And there is an option out there for that, too. But, again, we're talking about tax dollars. We're trying to be as efficient as we as can efficient. with yeah, taxpayer yeah, dollars. Sure. So we don't usually buy the expensive stuff. It's usually the, the more inexpensive is what we try to buy. Okay. And so so what what is – and we've only got about three minutes left here on a very interesting subject. So, folks, you'll want to be sure and listen to the uh, the podcast bonus segment because we're going to continue this conversation in a little bit. But uh, so what is the plan, I mean, from, you know, today going forward? And, and we know the end outcome would be – totally eliminate the hogs but what is the plan from here yep. adding more trappers adding more traps i mean so, what's, what is the plan currently we have trappers scattered all across southern missouri and i'll give an example the guys that are usda trappers that are in areas in southwest missouri where the numbers are really really low we don't have many pigs left over there they are transitioning those folks into the other areas that have more pigs trying to be as efficient as we can with the resource because we mm-hmm. can't just leave guys sitting there that are t- that are trappers they're not catching pigs because they're they're gone right we're going to move them over towards south central and the southeast missouri in these watersheds in this area to try to get those remaining pigs pushed out and get them get them destroyed so that's kind of where the plan is right now now in the future we're trying to get to a monitoring phase that's what we hope to get to is where we're just going to be in a monitoring phase and if we do have some pockets of pigs pop up we go address that get them get rid of them and then monitor to see what others pop up in different areas so that's the plan that's where we're headed all right my second part to that question is where is the biggest problem area in southern Missouri right now? Right now, if you look at uh, activity and where most of the hogs are being caught, probably Shannon and Reynolds. What part of Shannon? What, northern, southern? Any, any watersheds. Any watersheds where there's creek bottom, river bottom, any watershed that drains to a big watershed. Any of those watersheds are going to be what we look at. We're going to have more activity there. And then Reynolds County and probably Wayne County. If I were to name the top three, and I'd say they're not pigs in other areas, but as far as picking, say, the top three counties that have activity, Probably those three. Now, there is some activity around Fort Leonard Wood, too, up around Pulaski County, northern Texas County. But as far as uh, down this way, probably those three counties I just named. I have a question for you. There's a landowner that's listening to our show, and they got a hog problem. Who do they need to contact? And it doesn't cost a penny. Yeah, if they're listening and they want help, that's one of the things I do is I put trappers with landowners, and you can call me direct uh, at my office in Dent County. And they can call my cell phone, too, um, and I can give that to Alex later. We can put that information out there. But uh, contact either MDC or myself, and we can get you a trapper and get rid of these pigs. Okay, and we're going to be discussing a lot more of this uh, when we get to the uh, podcast and the bonus segment. And so if you're listening to the radio show, make sure you head over to your favorite podcast carrier for more information on this feral hog. I mean, this is an interesting subject. we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, But real quickly, I want to announce the winners uh, that we have here. Uh, The Wise Eye winner, Rob Duran from Missouri is the winner of the Wise Eye. Done. Yeah, he's the winner of the Wise Eye package and uh, Richard Schilling out of Wisconsin is the winner of the uh, Brandon Lester fishing package. Oh, uh, so wow. guys, we're going to get wow. a couple of uh, 
Look for some stuff arriving in the mail here shortly. Now, what do we got that MU can donate for us? Can they donate some MU caps and shirts, we're, maybe? We're in the process. Yeah, actually, we're actually ordering some stuff, and we're hoping to have that here in the next few weeks. We'll see how long it takes to get it, but we just started ordering two weeks ago. And, awesome. And, and he told me that when it comes in, he's going to let me know, and we'll uh, do a, 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 yep. a drawing then. Beautiful, beautiful. Wrap her up there, boys. Thank you again so much for listening and watching us on the live feed here on American Roots Outdoors. And please share the outdoors with your children, your neighbors, kids. And remember, it's a God-given right to be in the outdoors. It's our heritage. It's in our roots to love God's creation. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Buck Grits and Nutriplot presents the bonus segment with American Roots Outdoors on the podcast. Welcome back to our show. Our special guest, Kevin Crowder with MU Extension Offices the outreach coordinator for Shannon County and other surrounding counties. Talk about feral hawks, Wayne Locke. Hey, if you're listening to this, it means you're listening to us on the podcast. We appreciate you listening to us. Make sure you leave us a review. That's uh, greatly appreciated. Um, again, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you're listening to, head on over and leave us a review. Uh, also, if you're a podcast listener, make sure you go to our podcast uh, group that we have, American Roots Outdoors Podcast, and uh, we have discussions on there. We're going to be doing some giveaways for pod- podcast group uh, members only. Uh, we got two of them coming up in the next couple weeks that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, when we left off, Kevin, uh, we were talking about some of the reasonings, the trapping, the different kinds of traps and that. Um, but before I go in back into that heavy, uh, let's talk about, you know, what is, you know, why the importance of, tra- of the trapping? You know, what, sure. what is the reason behind why we even started this? So everybody needs to understand and know that Missouri is a huge agriculture state uh, as far as number of farms and people that are employed by agriculture, the number, amount of money we spend in agriculture here as far as producers of agricultural products. And I'll give you just uh, two or three little tidbits here on information. You know, Missouri in the country is ranked second in actual acreage that's in farms. And we've got 95,000 farms in Missouri, 95,000 yeah, in huge, our state. A large percentage yeah. of the state acreage is mm-hmm. designated for farming, Yeah, farming and ranching. Exactly. And then tied to that, you know, with our beef cattle production and hay production, we are second in the U.S. in hay production. Missouri is second in the country. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. 6.4 million tons of hay are created here in Missouri. Wow. And a lot of that goes out to other states. So there's a a lot of money that folks make off of hay production, and a lot of guys are feeding their own cattle with their own hay. In fact, just as a side note, one of my landowners in Shannon County told me the other day that he had to sell 30 cow-calf pairs because he had lost so much ground for hay production from feral hogs. From feral hogs. From feral hog damage. You know, we've heard the numbers for years from Texas and that the damage that the feral hogs do, and I know y'all have got estimates in Missouri, so I think that's a good where, good place to get into that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as far as the damage itself or the uh, the acreage, I mean, yeah, that's the thing I want people to understand is that when you've got hay ground and a sound or a hog goes through it and destroys it, Oh, there goes the hay production for that field, and no no telling how long it's going to be down. And this particular individual, he had to go out and buy a piece of equipment, a harrow, 
that cost him $6,500 out of his own pocket to repair wow. that damage. And that's wow. a Shannon County guy. He's local. He's one of our people that is right here next to us. And then the last stat people need to know, too, with our beef cow production, we're ranked third in the country in beef cow- cattle production in the U.S. We're third in Missouri. And that's uh, over 2 million head of cattle here in Missouri that are, are on the market. So. A lot of stuff tied back to ag that these feral hogs can hurt us with. And we haven't even talked about disease vectors. So that's yeah. another whole separate discussion we could have about that. But I'll stay away from that right now because we've got other stuff to talk about. But $94 billion industry in Missouri for agriculture, $94 billion. So, and hogs can put a dent in that, yes. I mean, overnight. It doesn't take long. I've covered a lot of territory as an MDC trapper and seen a lot of damage that just happened just over a day or two. And that's actually going to, that actually leads right into a question I had then is, you know, you hear these uh, statistics and, and, you know, when you tell people about the damage a hog can do, and they're like, oh, that, 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 that's just a myth. You know, one hog can't do that much damage. But that's not a myth, is it? I mean, no. one hog can do a lot and one sow can do what to a property in, yeah, in a if, matter of six months? If you've got a sow with little ones um, or a group of sows with little ones, uh, you can go through a 10-acre field overnight and destroy the whole thing. One night. And one night. Yep, I've seen it. And golf courses, that's another discussion. <laughs> people, people like to recreate. Well, yeah. now we're talking agriculture. You go to recreation, there's a conflict there between feral hogs and humans because of recreation activities such as golfing. So now we're talking to the city folks. Yep. Because those guys care about their golf courses. I had a golf course in Viburnum, which is just up the road from us here, just a little bit Uh north. And I covered that golf course after it was destroyed by hogs. Luckily, they didn't get into the greens where the the, uh, actual greens were at. They got into the fairways. Okay. And if they would have gotten that zoysia in the greens, that that uh, person that managed that golf course said it would have been twenty five thousand dollars per green to repair it. Yeah. So yeah, and wow. and most rural golf courses like the one at Viburnum, right. they they can't sustain that kind of damage. Right. Talking about damage, uh, there's a local guy between Oregon County and Shannon County. We're not going to name his name, but how many feral hogs has MU and MDC captured? in the last year off of this farm yeah we destroyed right just south of 200 hogs off of his place wow and he he's the one that had to buy the harrow to repair the damage yeah, his yeah. pastures just tore to pieces and to the guys that love to hunt hogs I, I can understand you wanting to hunt the hogs but what about the farmer that they're running their pastures mm-hmm. you know so it's a it's a yeah because these farmers these farmers alex they don't want one or two hogs taken off of their property they by a hunter they they want 20, 40, 60 hogs captured in one night, not just one or two. Right. Am I hey, right, Kevin? I, yeah. I have buddies that hog hunt with dogs and stuff. And, and hey, I think it's your right if you own private land, you want to hunt them. And I understand why they think, well, why can't we hunt hogs on government land? I pay taxes. That's my land, too. Well, I think you've touched on it. And I think the concern is when they hunt with dogs, it pushes them further and further into other properties, and it scatters them out. And by the guys feeding and tra- capturing them in traps, it's capturing 20, 30, 40 at a time. Mm-hmm. So the trapping is being yeah. more effective than the dog runners that's going out killing one or two yeah. a day. But I understand the dog run. It's, it's a situation where, you know, dang, dang you do, dang you don't. You know what I mean, Redbone? Yeah, Wayne? and here and here's my answer because I had this discussion that's been a few months ago with somebody that, that said, well, I pay taxes. I ought to be able to hunt on that property. And I said, I also pay taxes, and I don't want any hogs on my property. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the answer. And there are more people paying taxes on that property that don't want feral hogs 
than there are that do want feral hogs. So if so, you're a private know, landowner, majority, hey, more power to you. It, Run your dogs. Catch the hogs. That's what you <laughs> want to do. But I really think if you ask me my opinion, and I don't want the hogs. I'll just tell you right now, I don't like I don't care to hunt them. I don't like them. I've hunted them in Texas with dogs and stuff. They are a detriment to our resources. Yeah. I'm telling you. And they're not the turkey. Our turkey numbers are down. And I don't care what anybody says. Hogs are part of the problem. A large part of the problem. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, let's touch on that real quick before I get to my next question, which is something that we're going to have to get in depth on for a minute. But hogs, turkey nest. Yeah, hogs, as everybody probably knows, they're omnivorous. They eat anything they can find. Anybody that's ever raised hogs knows that you throw something out in front of them, they're going to eat it. If they come across a turkey nest full of eggs or a quail nest full of eggs, just throw that as another option. You know, a ground nesting bird of any kind, if they find eggs on the ground, they're going to eat them. And they're omnivorous. That's what they do. And it's not the hog's fault. That is, that's just how they're built. That's what, how they're designed. We're not saying it's bad or indifferent. It's just, it's a conflict with us as humans that want to turkey hunt and do stuff like that as outdoorsmen and manage our resources effectively and efficiently. So it, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, they're another predation method on turkey eggs and occasionally i know we don't really have a deer problem per se but you'll see a fawn in a hog's mouth too i've seen those pictures where oh i've said we've seen those pictures posted yeah. too now hey we saw a picture on social media showed a black bear carrying a young hog right yeah here the other day so the hogs can help kill uh, uh the black bears can help kill the hog that's a good thing right. <laughs> bears are helping with the eradication that's another omnivore now predating on hogs so yeah you're right now before we uh, wrap up the bonus segment here one of the things i, I know we're going to get kick back on on social media when we when we talk about this and that is from the uh the the hunters that were raised kind of like i was and that is if if you ain't gonna eat it you shouldn't be shooting it and we're gonna have those anti-hunters saying oh my gosh you're just shooting these and letting them go to waste but there's really a a really big reason why you guys are not donating this meat and that right and you know wayne i'm the same way i grew up in shannon county i get it I'm right there with you. Why would you waste a perfectly good piece of meat? Well, that's the problem. It may not be perfectly good piece of meat. It may have brucellosis. It might have pseudo rabies. We don't know what's in it. We don't test those things for what they carry, but we know through all of our veterinary science and all the folks that we work with in our partnership that they do carry things. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to spend taxpayer dollars to find out what they're carrying. We're not going to do that. We're going to eliminate them and we're going to tear an earpiece off and we're going to send it out and find out where they're from. We're not going to spend money and taxpayer dollars on, hey, does this hog have rabies? Does this hog have brucellosis? In in defense, Wayne, uh, Jeff, of the, of the dog runners or whatever is eating the hogs, they're going to say, I've never gotten sick eating a hog. I was just going to say, we're going to get those ones that say that. But then again, the way to look at that is, you know, you got five chances on Russian roulette too. Yeah. It only takes one. Yeah. to make your family sick so and, and the two words i would say to that too and this comes from my national safety council stuff i teach classes at what if you don't know so right. what if you eat that one that happened to have brucellosis and you catch it then you and your whole family's sick you know right i don't want to take that risk personally yeah. i've eaten wild hog before and it tastes very good yeah. and i know lots of people to eat them all the time right. and i love wild year hog. round yeah. you know but uh, you know, I think I think the bottom line is here we have different opinions, different perspectives, and I can understand the dog owners, and I understand MU Extension, I understand MDC, but as a turkey hunter, I don't want the hogs. I say there's millions. Don't of be people mad out at there. the guys that love to hunt them. I just don't like them. I don't want them. It's your right to do what you want. It's my right to. I don't want the hogs. And there's millions of turkey opinion. hunters in Missouri right now that are saying. Catch them and kill them. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. because they want to be. They want those turkey numbers back up and. 
they make it. They make a, a, a hit on these turkeys. I well, mean, there's I, no doubt. And I would pose another question to the audience too. You know, look at how many people live in your county. You know, I'll use Shannon because that's where I grew up at. That's the current census is eight thousand one hundred sixty six people live there. What's the county want people to do? Do they want them to hunt them or do they not? And the the information I've been told by people that live in Shannon County, the few folks I've talked to, most of them around 80 to 100 is all that really are interested in hunting them now if I, i'm wrong on the number I'll, I'll take the hit for that but that's the number i've been given by several people that do hunt hogs in shannon county so i would pose that for people to look at are we considering the needs and wants of other people in the county or are we just looking at what a small group wants so 80 I mean, that would be one percent of the county yep roughly so less than one percent again is hunting hogs are uh, hog hunters with dogs there you go, less than 1% in our county. Everybody, what a wonderful show. What great information, Redbone, Wayne, with Kevin Crowder. I mean. Yeah, and we, and we barely even touch base on what he probably could share. We want to have you back. <laughs> hey, we want to have you back. And, and again, you know, more power to the guys that own their own land and want to run the, the hounds and catch hogs. You know, uh, that's your, your right, you know. But uh, I know if I had hogs on me, a bunch of them, I'd want you to come and trap them. I want them all gone. I yeah. say, Kevin be on speed dial. I've had very few pictures of hogs on me. And that, I will say this real quick in closing, guys. Uh, we are getting fewer and fewer calls from landowners that need help right now with the hog issue because there's just not that many out there. There's a few out there that we occasionally get calls about, but not like it used to be two years ago. Do you think the drought, though, may have something to do with that right now? It can, yeah. They'll be on you, maybe you're just not getting water because they're around yeah. water, yep. so you, the other landowners aren't calling because yeah, they they're just not on them. Yeah, they don't tolerate heat well, and they, sometimes they can be tough to trap during the heat. You know, and we, and we didn't even talk about the fact that what damage they can do along a waterway or even to they a waterway. Are. Water. They already are. Yeah. You know, hanging out on those waterways. I mean, redirect a creek. I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do. Well, I do want to say this. I talked to a friend of mine uh, last week from Wayne County. He owns 2,000 acres, and he had hogs galore. So I asked him. I ain't going to say his name. I said, how's your hog problem? He goes, I ain't got any hogs anymore. He said, MDC and, and MU extensions trapped them all. So I ain't got any hogs. And he used to love to hunt them. He said, I ain't got them. Yep. And then you, you sent go. me that, that picture that when you had that one hog come through, mm -hmm. a big, I mean, she looked like a big old sow or a big old boar. And you had, that, you had that one come through and you sent me that picture. And I'm like, first thing I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Because it only takes one to mm -hmm. just, yeah. next thing you know, you got well, 20. across the river of me. Hey, keep them over yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you for listening. And remember, contact MU Extensions, Kevin Crowder. Um, if you're a Missouri native and you're in the Ozarks and Shannon County, Iron, Reynolds, Wayne. Yeah, I cover it basically from Phelps and Pulaski up north all the way down to Oregon and Ripley in the south and everything in between. So nine counties is what I cover. What's your number again at your office? Uh, just contact me at the MU Extension office up in Salem. Just Google it and it'll pop right up for you. There you go, everybody. Kevin Crowder, Outdoor Reach Coordinator. And remember this, share the outdoors with somebody you love, the kids. And remember... When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>